Rushir, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for coming in this morning. That's Rushir Desai, who's fund manager at Asia Frontier Capital. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's have a look at final uh, look at the markets for this morning. First of all, in Australia, the SX200 uh, is currently down 1%. The Nikkei 225 also now slipping into negative territory. That's off a quarter of a percent. Over in South Korea, the Cosby down about a third of a percent. And uh, looks like the losses are accelerating now on the Hang Seng as well. Looks like that's going to open down about 370 points. All because US stock index futures are now slipping as well in Asian trading down about uh, half a percent. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is at $29.87 a barrel. Uh, gold is also down now at $1,694 an ounce. And in the currency markets, the US dollar pretty steady, trading at around 107.7 against the Japanese yen. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please join me tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock for Money Talk. Back chats coming up after the news with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast for today going to be mainly cloudy with occasional showers and squally thunderstorms. Those showers will gradually ease off later in the afternoon. Maximum temperature about 31 degrees. And the outlook is for a few showers tomorrow. Hot in the following couple of days. It's 26 degrees right now. 86% relative humidity. Just gone 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. President Trump has denied the system broke down at the White House after a member of his own deputy's staff tested positive for the coronavirus. He was speaking as the latest figures from Johns Hopkins University showed the number of U.S. deaths had passed 80,000. But at a briefing, Mr. Trump played down the spread of the infection within the White House. I don't think the system broke down at all. One person tested positive, surprisingly, because uh, uh, the previous day tested negative. And three people that were in contact, relative contact, who I believe they've all tested totally negative, uh, but they are going to, for a period of time, self-isolate. So that's not breaking down. Uh, it can happen. It's the hidden enemy. Remember that. The chief executive of the electric car maker Tesla, Elon Musk, says production at its Californian factory will restart despite rulings from local officials. Coronavirus lockdown measures require the plant to stay shut. Here's the BBC's Zoe Thomas. In a tweet on Monday, Tesla boss Elon Musk wrote that not only would car making restart at the California plant, but that he would be on the production line. He also asked that if the police got involved because workers were violating lockdown orders, that he be the only one arrested. The company had planned to bring back 30% of its factory workers last Friday, but local officials rejected that plan. California's governor appears to be supportive of the car maker. He said local officials in Tesla should reach a deal. But this aggressive escalation of the dispute will likely make those negotiations very difficult. The head of Nigeria's government coronavirus task force says President Mohamedou Buhari has given the go-ahead for the importation of a herbal concoction from Madagascar. Here's the BBC's Isaf Halid reports. At the moment, coronavirus has no known cure or vaccine. The World Health Organization has warned people against using untested remedies. But several African countries, including Guinea-Bissau, Equatorial Guinea, Liberia and Niger, have already ordered COVID organics, the Madagascar-claimed cure, which is produced from herbs, including the Artemisia plant, an ingredient used in antimalarial drugs. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Your co-host today is Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. 
We're talking first today about reporters in the protest. The Journalists Association has expressed extreme anger at the way the media were treated by the police on Sunday night after journalists reporting on the police operation were pepper sprayed, shoved and forced to kneel like prisoners while being coerced to turn off their cameras. And lawmaker Priscilla Long, among others, yesterday urged the government and media organisations to work on introducing an official press accreditation system, saying it was shocking to see two children working as reporters at protests on Sunday after a 12-year-old was detained. Well, what's your take? Journalists Association says a survey it carried out suggests people think the city's press freedom deteriorated to a record low last year. Do you agree? Give us a call on 233-88266 or email backchat.rthk.hk or go to our Facebook page. After 9.15, we're going to be talking to an epidemiologist in the United States about the COVID-19 situation there. Uh, just before we get to the uh, main topic for the first part of the programme today, some thoughts on uh, other uh, discussions. First of all, reacting to uh, yesterday when we had uh, uh, Mrs Yip, the executive councillor. Phil says in an email, one star out of five to Mrs Yip for failing to answer any of the questions. Hong Kong is the poorer because people in her position do not believe in a political solution to... A our situation. With the prevailing wind from the liaison office, Ms Yip is the new mould of the pro-Beijing camp. Completely intransigent, self-righteous with no solution to propose other than presumably aligning us all with what the pro-Beijing camp wants. A way forward would be for the pro-Beijing faction to follow the middle path advocated by non-violent citizens. I heard nothing in your participation today indicating respect for this view. Between pro-Dem officials failing to discourage violence and the likes of Ms Yip on the other side, the Hong Kong community is ill-served. Can we lock all of them down together in their own cruise ship and set them adrift? That comes from Phil. Uh, and S is uh, in an email reacting to the discussion uh, this morning, in fact, on uh, Hong Kong Today, when uh, Mrs Yip was talking about uh, RTHK. S says, I was just listening to uh, Ms Yip, uh, she was comparing Yes Prime Minister uh, to a satire broadcast by RTHK. One big difference is that the British government did not press the BBC to stop broadcasting Prime Minister and Yes Prime Minister. Uh, we can inform Regina that the public is watching such episodes live whenever there is any press release or news about current government officials uh, in Hong Kong. LK says regarding the news that Ocean Park will go bust without a government bailout, let it go bust. Release the dolphins into the ocean. They'll be freer and happier. Convert the site into public facilities, public housing, public schools, daycare and elder care, hospitals, sports facilities and a public park. With the extra space, maybe we won't need to build an environmentally and fiscally disastrous artificial island. Most Hong Kongers will rejoice. And Bowen finally says, Dear Backchat, the passing away of Leo Goodstadt, the head of the government's central policy unit from 1989 to 97, will probably prompt not a few to re-evaluate him and the previous colonial administration against their counterparts since the handover and look for the causes of the failings of the latter in recent years. The overall impression is that while Leo Goodstadt had been and continued to be after the handover a veritable master of what made Hong Kong tick and was totally committed to ensuring its continuation for the benefit of the people of the city, his counterparts, at least the last two from 2002 to 2018, were mainly preoccupied with implementing the political directives and pushing the rhetoric from up north, with scant regard for the real interests of this city and its inhabitants. Most probably, some will argue that was uh, that what the post-handover administration has sought to do is to advance Hong Kong's interest in a new paradigm. But if that's the argument, why do we still need one country, two systems? 
isn't it one core imperative of the one country, two systems regime to retain Hong Kong's previous usefulness and advantages, and by implication, most of the fructifying aspects of the old paradigm. Much of our present woes seem to stem from the pursuance of two irreconcilable approaches, the preservation of Hong Kong's uniqueness and usefulness, and the dismantling of the differences of the values and institutions on the two sides of the border. In allowing their focus and efforts to be chiefly directed towards the creation of the new paradigm, an objective which recent international events may render increasingly impractical, the city's post-handover leaders have also caused social and economic, not to mention political problems, to pile up to an alarming level, as Mr Goodstadt explicated in his last book, published in 2018. That comes from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed for, for those contributions. Backchat at rthk.hk. Joining us now to talk about the issue of uh, reporters in, in uh, protests, we have uh, Grace Lung, lecturer in the School of Journalism and Communication at the Chinese University, and Chris Young, who's chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. Uh, Chris Young, maybe we start with you. Good morning. Thanks, uh, thanks, good morning, thanks for joining us. Uh, how, how do you feel... It, it, t tell us your concerns about the way that the press, uh, in inverted commas, were treated at the weekend. Uh, extremely bad. Uh, I think the, the, the situation down there in, in Hong Kong uh, on, on Sunday night, and uh, I think one of the worst, uh, one of the worst scenes uh, where uh, where we where we saw say um, um, dozens of reporters uh, being. Uh, Bully in, in some in some cases attacked by police with uh, pepper sprays, uh, with uh, pretty say ugly violence and um, pretty nasty say verbal abuses. I think all sorts of things that happen uh, happen down there. So that's uh, that's why um, journalists and and, and, and unions uh, were extremely angry. So uh, we uh, we issue a joint statement. Uh, to two association plus uh, six uh, media uh, unions uh, to uh, a, a police commissioner say for a, an urgent meeting to discuss this matter Be because uh, as we all know this is not uh, new in the sense that um, uh, it's a it's, it's, it's a, um, it's a it's a problem that uh, has say um, emerged uh, since June last year and nine months. Nine months, so uh, and with with say no uh, mark, say improvement of the situation. Uh, reporters just trying to do their job um, in say shopping malls, in 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 in, in, in public places. Uh, say face all this source of violence and um, and disruptions, interference, and in some cases we. Um, we think that those they, they are they are not lawful and they are not in line with the police general orders that governs uh, their um, uh, their operations, say, uh, and also in their in the way they're dealing with with the media. Uh, so that's why uh, we we made that joint action and we want early immediate say talk with the commissioner. Um, Chris, good morning. Uh, morning. This is certainly not new, uh, but in terms of uh, intensity, um, was this sort of interference more violent than before, before the pandemic, for example? Um, more, well, in, in fact, um, more or less. But uh, in, in some of the cases, um, and um, in, 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 
in one or two occasions, it, it was more violent. It was more more violent. But and, and overall, and overall, and uh, put put simply, it's um, uh, they they did all sorts of uh, uh, Nazi things to say um, to to disrupt and um, and and stop say reporters from doing their uh, their work. I, I, I say an example. I think it's extremely bad to order reporters to stop. Say uh, 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 widow tapping. Um, to me, is no difference from what we what, what we see regularly in mainland China. The public security officers using their hands to block the cameras, to block the photographers from taking pictures, or videos. It's uh, it's a very bad and um, not not civilized manner, uh, and this is not what we uh, what we used to think uh, may happen in Hong in, in Hong Kong. Okay, we heard an email from Anthony who says, uh, "Interesting. If not getting too close to the police officers while they were in operation, how could the pepper spray reach the reporters' eyes? Didn't they, quack journalists, know they need to stay away from the police by a distance of at least ten feet that the pepper spray couldn't reach?" Well, I, I hope that Anthony uh, uh, would, 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 would go down to those areas, uh, watching even from a distance. Uh, in a lot of these occasions, uh, when, say, police officers ask, say, reporters to keep a distance, I, I don't think journalists have a choice. Um, they, they follow. Sometimes they want to make a point, saying that they need, they need to be there to take... Uh, pictures or to see what happened, but in most cases now, um, they the, the police won't won't say uh, respond, um, but respond perhaps uh, in a very violent manner, and then journalists say uh, turn back or say uh, recede. But in many of these occasions, uh, the police officers move forward. They advance. Uh, they, 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 they move forward, and, and that become too close to the journalists. Isn't, isn't the real problem the, the, the vast numbers of these people who, who call themselves journalists, who wear fluorescent jackets and, and sort of behave in some ways like journalists? That's the real problem. And isn't it now a clear indication that it's time for some sort of proper registration that would greatly reduce the numbers? Those people could be marshaled, they could be given perhaps greater access uh, and so on. But it's the crowds of sort of hangers-on who don't know how to behave that are damaging the reputation of real journalists like yourself. Um, uh, uh, first, um, in, 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 say, in, in events, in closed uh, door press conference, for example... Government press conference. Uh, they did put limits, say, on the quota of a number of reporters. Uh, they have the right to do so, and reporters, uh, well, feel it, of course, it's okay. In public places, uh, in fact, everyone, everyone, uh, even not a journalist, they have the right to be there. And um, well, no, they, they don't. They, no, 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 they, they don't. Take but, but that's the point. They don't have the right to be there. Um, some uh, some assemblies are are deemed illegal, and you can't. Sidestep the law just by putting on a fluorescent jacket. That doesn't seem to make sense. Uh, uh, sorry, you you mean the public do not have the right to be in the streets like those in Bangkok last uh, the other night? Certainly not. Be some of uh, some of the assemblies are illegal. We know that. Oh yes, yes. Of course. Uh, if uh, if the if the um, what the assembly or uh, the, the, the the places or the gathering 
has already been declared an unlawful assembly, then uh, being there, being there, uh, unless you are a, a, a road reporter, uh, well, uh, will be liable to, to prosecution. But uh, on, on, sun, on, on, on Sunday night, that's not an... I, 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 I forgot. I don't think the police have declared um, uh, that uh, that's, a, that's an unlawful assembly. They, they, they make warning about mass gathering, I think group gathering, um, asking people to leave. Yeah. Uh, except they are, they are, except uh, unless unless they are, they are, they are, they are journalists. Um, th th there was a 13-year-old uh, who was wearing a yep. fluorescent jacket, and he said he's um, a journalist. Now, what what's happening there, Chris? Uh, first, uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a relatively new phenomenon. Uh, we we did uh, observe that um, there there are there are say uh, more say teenager journal uh, journalists. Uh, in the last one or two, one or two months, and uh, they um, they do publicise themselves on Facebook, uh, explaining on their Facebook uh, what who they are and uh, what they are and, and what they are doing. Um, if we look at what happened on Sun uh, on Sunday, the Chimsacho uh, shopping mall, uh, the 13 uh, year old was questioned by um, police officers. Uh, let's see what he did. Uh, I, I, I think, well, I think we look at the question. He, he did explain himself politely and calmly, and um, apparently he did nothing wrong. Just being there, doing reporting, um, does not say breach uh, any any law. He didn't. Do whatever anything. whatever he did, he was law, what, whatever right? he did, he was in a dangerous yep. situation, a, a perilous. Uh, position and exactly. uh, uh, should exactly. you, as exactly. a responsible, uh, what, what, you should be you like should be saying no. We don't want those that. kinds of people being involved. We don't want children doing this job. You wouldn't want child lawyers or child doctors or any other profession. Uh, exactly. Uh, when when say uh, when say this uh, a student reporter uh, they found themselves in a dangerous or, or, or risky situation when the when the situation in the shopping mall turns uncertain, volatile, and, uh, and, and dangerous, yes, of course, uh, they should make a decision and uh, keep a distance or, or uh, say not to continue the, their reporting. But if, um, if, if they, it's a, it's a uh, well, well, first of all, the, the whole shopping mall is not a demonstration, say, uh, a, a area at that time. I think there were, there were people, say, um, making protests, shouting slogans there. Um, but was it declared a, an, 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 an scene, a crime area, or uh, uh, was there a, a lawful assembly that, that people should all leave? Uh, and then, of course, uh, when, when that when the situation came to that point, uh, they, in particular, say uh, should say uh, should make a judgment, and, and even more important is for them to say make all this assessment, understanding before they go to those areas that are doing uh, doing doing reporting. All right. Uh, uh, also with us is Grace Lung, lecturer at uh, Chinese University in the School of Journalism and Communication. Miss Lung, good morning to you. Hello. 
Grace Lang? Hi. Hi, Hi yeah. thank you very much indeed for, for, for joining us this morning. Uh, isn't the situation fairly clear that really this has got out of hand? You've got these vast crowds of people who are claiming to be journalists. You've got people who sh sh are not journalists. They should not be considered even as journalists. Um, children. Uh, 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 joining in, and this is creating more friction. The police are getting frustrated; they can't do exercise their duties properly. The answer is just to um, have some sort of uh, accreditation system and to say, yes, these are real journalists, and that, no, these are not real journalists. And if you're not a real journalist, you can't expect it to be treated in a special way. Uh, I don't think uh, the accreditation system could solve this problem because it's not a problem about accreditation. This is a question about truth. Because the young people nowadays, they want to know the truth, and then the police is doing, try to do everything to stop uh, people from reporting the truth. I think that is a, a brutal attack on um, press freedom and also uh, uh, freedom of information. And then I agree that we, can't, we shouldn't encourage young people like uh, 12 years old or uh, apart from that 12 years old, it seems there's another 16 years old from the same student deaf uh, media. We shouldn't encourage them to be present at that um, protest uh, environment because uh, it can be turned into a violent scene. Uh, but it seems, uh, I don't know whether this is correct or not, uh, but it seems this uh, 12 years old or 13 years old was accompanied by her, his mother. So uh, it seems his mother allowed him to do this to witness the whole incident. So I, uh, I don't know what we can do if uh, it was permitted by the family member or the guardian uh, of the young kids. So, um, but actually nowadays uh, it seems the young people, they, they themselves, they want to assert their own rights and also they would like to witness the situation in Hong Kong. So it's... I will appreciate their braveness, but on the other hand, we also need to uh, clarify they have their own responsibility, but the police also have their responsibility to observe their uh, general order so that they need to respect journalist activities and also they um, should um, uh, protect, uh, to respect the rights of uh, the protester. They, they can't attack the protester and also they can't attack the journalists uh, and then without discriminating what they are doing. So uh, I, don't, I think to, to differentiate uh, the proper journalists or maybe the real journalists from uh, the so-called fake, sorry, quote-unquote fake one is an issue, but it cannot pull up to, an, uh, to the... Um, cannot mix together with uh, the police violence or brutality towards journalism. I don't think it's justified to attack journalists because they are fake journalists, so you can attack them. I don't think this is a reason. Um, according to the police general orders, um, you know, lawful reporting must be respected. So, so how would you define lawful reporting um, in these days? Um... If they, they, the journalists were only a bystander, they play the role as an observer. They stay in, they without intruding any police exercise of dispersing the cloud or exercise the duty, then I think they should have right to be there, to be in the event. Or if they are only standing at the place where the police allow them to stay there. So I think this is 
a legal activity. Mm. Uh, on Sunday, um, uh, many reporters were asked to crouch, and then they were hit with pepper spray, and uh, they were also verbal abuses. And um, Ming Pao also issued a strong condemnation um, of the police for violently interfering. Now, do, do you think this this has escalated? Because asking uh, reporters to crouch is actually very insulting. Yeah, I agree that uh, the police had. Um, I think the relationship between police and the journalists have become deteriorated since uh, last year. And then, in, uh, in addition to that, uh, pepper, uh, pepper spray. I read another news from Apple Daily that the photojournalist was being locking her leg, leg and make her unconscious for a few seconds. So I think that is not only uh, that that kind of violence is uh, detrimental. I think that is fatal to people threaten her life. So I don't think this is a desirable situation. Nowadays they treat not only the youngster as a criminal, they even treat reporter as as if they had committed any crime. But, so the, but the, reporters, a, the reporters have the same recourse as everyone else. If they feel they've been treated badly by the police, they can complain, and there are well-known channels where they can lodge complaints, and there should be plenty of evidence if they have really if, if been you don't have, mistreated. If, if you don't have the, uh, the number, the, the, uh, the police number or name, or how can you complain? You, well, you, you because, don't know because presumably identity. these things are being, I mean, everything's being filmed now meticulously by 100 people at the but same time. But even though you can film it, but you don't have the identity. You don't have the information about the police identity. They were masked, they are putting their hamlet on their head. So how can you identify who they are? Okay, got a couple more uh, emails from uh, Anthony. Uh, who says, uh, Chris, I've been in these occasions and I saw tons of reporters harassing the police. Some of them even tried to snatch their guns. And in a situation, some so-called journalists even harassed and mock victims. And as a policeman, how can I verify everyone in the nick of time? Case in point, a quack group of quack journalists were laughing at the victim bullied by the journalists. And there's a, a link, to, uh, presumably, to, to a video there. Uh, and uh, uh, Anthony also says, uh, Grace, so this is for you, uh, Grace Lung, uh, in the UK and the US, they seem to have an accreditation. Interestingly, reporters who report the truth, as I see it, are usually not being brutally attacked by the police, while the fake news that keep making disinformation would claim they're being attacked by the police. In fact, that 12-year-old testified that he was not attacked by the police and not being sprayed by the police as he wanted to report the truth. Interesting. Why the police did not manhandle or beat up this boy who is reporting the truth. Um, that's uh, from, from uh, Anthony. Uh, we have accreditation in other places, uh, don't we? Why can't we do it here? Grace Lang? Uh Yeah, I agree. They had accreditation uh, in other places. Uh, but... Um, uh, Nowadays, uh, we can discuss the issue. When the issue come up, we we can discuss. Uh, but at this point, when things are changed so fast, um, probably we need to have a trustworthy or maybe the public recognized organization that can do those uh, accreditation. And definitely, the government is not the one who should do it. And then the another problem related to the boy. I I remember I read a news uh, reporting that. The police is insulting this boy by uh, mocking his height and also and ask him to go home and die. So that kind of insult, uh, in humiliation, I don't think the boy deserves to 
to her to he. So um, even though they may not attack this boy, if they even attack that boy, that will be intolerable in this society. But um, that kind of uh, insult, I don't think that should be um, should uh, should not be uh, come out from the police officer. And um, how would other places treat uh, citizen journalists? I mean, they're everywhere I think a citizen, they are a little different from ordinary citizens. The right they can enjoy by ordinary citizens. So if they treat citizen with respect, then citizen could have a right to observe what happened in this society. So I don't think they, they, should, they shouldn't be deprived of this kind of right. If they take out a phone, like ordinary, take out a phone, ordinary people, and then on the street, if they had the right to take photos from the street, why can't they take photos in this kind of chaotic situation? But, but, but they have a pass. Chris, I mean, would you treat citizen journalists uh, as journalists of your association? Uh, if they prove themselves that they were uh, that they are doing reporters' work, uh, we see what they publish, uh, what they what they what they do, and if they are exactly say what we saw in other say uh, media, uh, news commentaries, uh, say videos, and um, uh, if they yeah, if they prove that uh, they are uh, they they meet our requirements, say. Uh, the major income, say, uh, comes from certain journalists. Well, yes, uh, we, we uh, if we apply for membership, uh, yes, uh, they will they they will be a better. And they and, and if they can prove that uh, they have uh, to do reporting uh, with again with proof pictures or stories, and apply for a uh, for a press card, uh, yes, uh, we we we, uh, we we will issue them press card okay. if they. Uh, meet those requirements. Okay, uh, we're, we're out of time now. Sorry, Chris Young, thank you very much indeed for joining us, Chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, and Grace Lung, lecturer at the uh, Chinese University School of Journalism and Communication. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. So, human rights lawyer Michael Vidler joining us after the news at uh, nine. The weather, mainly cloudy with occasional showers and squally thunderstorms. 27 degrees at the moment with a relative humidity now of 85%. <laughs> troops to tackle illegal deforestation and prevent and fight forest fires. Vice President Hamilton Marau said Brazil was not an environmental villain. But President Jair Bolsonaro actively encourages development of the rainforest and 2019s or some of the worst devastation for many years. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Bank Chat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're continuing to talk about the uh, protests. Later, we're going to be catching up with uh, developments in the COVID-19 situation uh, in the United States with uh, Dr. Ding, an epidemiologist uh, there, uh, as ever. We want to hear from you. You can uh, email backchat at rthk.hk. We'll do our best to read out your messages, or we may have to edit. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page. Everyone can see what you write there. Or just uh, give us a call, 233-88266, and join the conversation. We were talking to a Grace Lung from the Chinese University uh, School of Journalism and uh, Chris Young from the Journalist Association, the first part of the programme. We're joined now by Michael Vidler, who's an international uh, human rights lawyer, uh, who is also uh, working for the uh, Journalist Association in a judicial review, uh, which they have uh, filed against the Commissioner of Police, accusing officers of using obstructive tactics and unnecessary force against the uh, media. That was, uh, I think, from uh, last year. Uh, okay, so 
So uh, thoughts from uh, listeners. Uh, first of all, Drake says, I would like to thank everyone who risked their lives to defend the truth. Without them, we would not have imagined that other than North Korea, peaceful singing sessions, which affected no shoppers, would result in violent crackdowns. Without them, we wouldn't know that the baby was wailing because she and her family got pepper bombed at the Moko Mole food court. Without them, separated families would have nothing to prove to the court that their children were unlawfully seized from them and detained. Without them, we wouldn't know that the bottle-throwing allegedly committed by the Honourable Roy Kwong was defamation. That comes uh, from Drake. Nick says, social distancing. The press was shoulder-to-shoulder in groups up to 100. Why? Uh, uh, Richard says, there's nothing new in the police acting like the PSB. Uh, I've had police shout at me for raising my iPhone to take pictures of them at protests. It's very common. Rather pathetic and, of course, contrary to the law. This needs to be curbed. We know police loyalties these days. Maybe they should take a new oath of office, too. Uh, and uh, Anthony says it's clearly an unlawful event I think he's referring to Sunday's uh, events Uh, and just by wearing a yellow jacket then the person is a journalist question mark in many occasions I saw tons of quack journalists pushing forward and treating the police by the way Chris how often do you go down to the riot wearing the yellow vest and being sprayed and beaten up by the police that comes uh, from uh, Anthony, um, who also says, uh, what is the exact wording used by the police to mock the boy? Can you state that? Stating the height of the boy is very factual, just stating the fact that you are a she. Stating the height of a journalist is being treated as police brutality. Chris, will you set up an independent investigating commission to investigate quack journalists? How has been making fake news and obstructing the police uh, operations? R says, Greta Thunberg was only 15 years old when she began her activism. She's only 17 now. Students can be, me- can be more mature and have a right to take on the role of reporter. There is no excuse for anyone to humiliate another or treat another as an enemy to be destroyed. This behaviour should not be ex- uh, accepted, especially from the uh, police. And uh, Marshall Haynes says, you talk about evidence to report police abuse here. What's the point? Complaints are buried. And you can't talk about any rule of law after the police neglect the duty at Yuen Long and the Prince Edward Station MTR attacks. Everyone knows the rule of law demands equality before the law. The police look after their own. Tough cops beating the daylights out of protesters and not even trying to arrest them is just criminal. You don't administer after-the-fact spot justice. Have your RTHK cop correspondents defend that one. That comes from uh, Marshall Haynes, or someone who signs themselves as Marshall Haynes. Thank you very much indeed for that. Backchat at rthk.hk. Um, just a couple of comments on uh, Facebook as well. Tom says, I agree there should be an accreditation system for people to receive protection as legitimate media in a violent protest. The protests are set up against the police. I've seen thousands of protesters heckle and throw objects at the police line for hours. And if the police make a move, there's hundreds of students in media vests bought for $100 to film from all angles anyone getting pushed down or the wrong person being detained. As we saw last week, if anyone gets into the crowd of protesters to film them, that person is violently attacked. Quid pro quo, please. TC says the only perk that having a journalist association pass is that it can attend uh, government press conferences. The internet age has greatly expanded the media and actually blurred the definition of a media outlet. Having hard copies of newspapers in a newsstand or having a TV channel is no longer a requirement for being a news outlet. Uh, I don't know if accreditation can work today. Uh, HK Look says the difference between the 13-year-old reporter and those working for a print media is the latter are fully covered by insurance. 
Uh, and uh, Bruce says on a different topic, I think let Starry Lee enjoy her time after September elections. She will not be allowed entrance to LegCo. Oops, voted out. Thanks so much indeed for those. Um, Michael Vidler, good morning to you. Morning. Um, here's an idea. The police aren't angels and maybe the press aren't angels uh, either and they shouldn't demand special treatment or be... Uh, Accepted from the rules of social distancing and illegal assembly and participating in events which lead to violence that everyone else is subject to. Um, if I can unpack some of that a little bit, um, the, the reason why, um, you, when you say that they shouldn't be involved in, in um, uh, public order incidents, um, the fact is that they are not involved in public order events. They are reporting public order events. They are fulfilling their role as a public watchdog um, to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas of all kinds. And you know, this role has specific relevance and significance at public order events because there needs, they need to be there to ensure law enforcement bodies representing government authority are held accountable. Um, you know, and this role flows from fundamental rights, freedom of expression, uh, freedom of the press, which are internationally recognised and protected, which are domestically recognised and protected. They are enshrined in our basic law uh, and our Bill of Rights. Um, so you know, the, 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 the role that they, that they serve is, is essential. It, it underpin, underpins the the proper functioning of any democracy. Um, it's been described as the lifeblood of civil society. So um, one, one has to adopt a different approach rather than say, oh, no, they are participating in the demonstrations. They're not. Um, they are there, and they, their roles should be protected. They should not be hindered from carrying out their journalistic activity because of their constitutionally protected status. Um, and uh, they should be facilitated, indeed, in their role. And the, the events that have taken place over the last weekend, sadly, are, are a, uh, just a continuation of a, um, a, an escalation of, of uh, abuse and ill-treatment of journalists that has taken place over the last 12 months. Um, there is well-documented uh, instances of uh, abuse of, of journalists, hindrance of journalists, and um, uh, lack of or failure to facilitate the, the uh, journalists to carry out their, their lawful journalistic activities. Um, the, the judicial review that you alluded to um, referenced a, a number of sample um, uh, instances which were which are all documented with, with first-hand eyewitness accounts and video evidence. And they were instances of targeted mistreatment, demonstrably deliberate, showing a pattern of behaviour too numerous and consistent to be isolated. Um, but evidence that we say um, a serious breach of the police duty, the constitutional duty the police have to uh, protect journalists. And, and I'm, it's important to 
no, the, 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 the instances that have been referred to in the judicial review um, have been selected carefully as being representative. But they are all instances, not of fake journalists, they are all instances of accredited journalists. They were all wearing their identification around their necks on lanyards. They're all wearing high-visibility uh, vests and helmets. They were all engaged in lawful journalist activity. None of them were intermingled with protests. So all the examples that we gave, none of them were in, uh, involved um, or intermingled with, with journalists where they could have been mistaken as journalists. All right, well, here's an email from Peter who says, Most Hong Kong journalists have lost all standards. They don't understand principles and standards for factual reporting, nor do they know how press conferences work, let alone having basic courtesy. They choose to become tools of the anti-government protesters and rioters, and they don't mind that this is exposed for everyone to see live on TV. Many reporters are activists themselves, having their own agenda, abusing their status and gatekeeping positions, parroting every statement from the protesters' side or pan-democrats, unverified, reporting them as facts and even blatantly faking stories creating outright propaganda. Previously, Hong Kong journalists have been caught on tape attacking other journalists, especially from mainland China. RTHK reporters were caught asking mainland journalists to delete files from their phones. Hong Kong journalists claim press freedom for themselves, but denying it to those who don't share the same views. And it's obvious the JA condones this. They don't even react when TVB reporters got attacked in the past. Now, 12-year-old children getting accredited as journalists and JA and so-called professionals are defending them? Are you joking? The intent for the 12-year-old was sent to protest was to further polarise the society and create an incident, uh, as it was highly likely that he would get challenged by the police. What's next? Sending five-year-olds to conflict zones? Don't they understand that they destroy the little credibility that even professional reporters have left, as well as the credibility of anyone who is defending and condoning it? That comes from Peter. Mr Vidler? Uh, um, well, I'm afraid I can't agree with Peter. I mean, it, it's a well-versed and, a, uh, and tro well, well-trotted-out argument to, to attack journalists um, if you don't agree with their views. There are journalists who are pro-establishment, and there are journalists who are not pro-establishment. There is, there is balance. Uh, but the point is that they, they, they have a, a fundamental role in, in Hong Kong's life in maintaining what we value. Um, and they should not be hindered and they should not be attacked. Um, we've, uh, of all those instances that we, we, I outlined to you, the, the, the 13 instances, they varied from verbal abuse to being shot at. Um, you know, we've seen over the weekend pepper spraying. Well, that's, that, there were so many instances of that, we had to filter most of them out. Um, it ranges from threats of arrest, arrest of journalists, removal of journalists from the sea, obstruction of journalists from entering the scene, like concealing of events um, by use of artificial police tactics, um, the, the use of high-powered strobe lights to disrupt uh, visual recording, the, the use of pepper spray on journalists at close range. And they, you know, these, these are journalists wearing the full kit. These are assaults on journalists with batons and shields. There's use of water cannon against journalists who were not standing in, in participants of a public order event, were standing in the group as journalists. There was shooting of journalists at close range with battle rounds, um, uh, bag, uh, beanbag rounds and tear canisters. Um, but, but, you know, the, the, 
these are these are just multiple instances, um, and we've put them before the court because the, the Journalists Association has been so concerned that the government and the Commissioner of Police has failed uh, to take any action. Uh, and therefore they sought the, um, the uh, declaration from the court. Yes, but in, in the protest side, uh, when you know emotions are very high and um, a lot of things are happening, um, when, when is police action facilitating news reporting and when, when, it, when it is not? It is there a fine line? W- would you agree with that? Uh, all the instances that we use, I'm not saying that there aren't difficult circumstances, but what I'm saying is that we have well-documented and evidenced instances outlining all those events that I've talked to you about just now, where there was no doubt that those individuals were journalists, where there was no grey areas to whether, well, are they intermingled with the protesters or not. These were targeted attacks on journalists. And this is a horrendous concern. And so, yes, there are of public order events is not easy, but there are so many examples that it, 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 you know, they, they are not isolated. They, they, they cannot be said to be the, the exception. Right. They are becoming the norm. Okay, we're, we're out of time. Just a couple more comments. So Drake says, uh, here's the frontline officer's mindset as reported, yelling, quote, even if we violated the law, what can you do to us? You think the DOJ would charge us? You think the court would find us guilty? As such, forget about having faith in the complaint mechanism, which is also held by the police. That comes from, and, and from that's Drake. that's why we're going to court. Yeah, but did the officers really yell that? I mean, I would love to hear a recording of a policeman saying, what, with, even if we violated the law, what can you do to us? I don't know if that's credible. Anyway, Unfortunately, that, maybe that just epitomises the mentality, because there has been a clear... Well, you've got to do better than epitomise the mentality. You, you, you should be dealing with evidence. I mean, OK. Well, we are dealing with evidence. We, are, we, we have got these instances. OK, well... Videoed evidence, which shows... Okay, that's something different. All right, Anthony says, uh, taking away politics, does it make sense for any special duty unit in operation dealing with terrorists need to be a gentleman to the people in yellow vests claiming they are reporters and show their own face to the camera? That comes uh, from Anthony. Thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you very much indeed to uh, Michael Vidler, uh, international uh, human rights lawyer, uh, joining us this morning. We're going to talk in just a moment to uh, Dr. Eric Ding, epidemiologist um, and uh, health economist and nutrition scientist at the Harvard Chance School of Public Health about the situation in the United States, as promised. Uh, just a, a couple of uh, other emails first. Uh, James says, I'll have to edit this, uh, James says, uh, notwithstanding the fact that she has a face made for radio and a voice made for newspapers, I cannot understand why you continue to give failed politician stroke human being Regina Ip so much airtime and therefore allow her to espouse her incoherent, incons- vacuous, bovine and irrelevant views. I have little doubt that the powers that be in the mainland to whom she never misses an opportunity to ingratiate herself must find her as uh, irritating as she probably is to 99% of the Hong Kong people. Um, that's for, uh, from James. Uh, Bowen says, uh, this is on the Pulse reporter's question to the WHO official on Taiwan's membership, which was raised in LegCo by Regina Ip yesterday. Uh, Bowen says, it's hoped that the triply bungled accusation stroke campaign that's been launched several times against the Pulse reporters, that's an RTHK programme, over her question about Taiwan's membership of WHO can be laid to rest at last. First, it's untrue that, as it was claimed by Regina Ip and others, 
others. Only sovereign states can be full members of the WHO. Mrs Yip should look up the case of the Cook Islands and New, uh, which are full members of the WHO, despite it not being clear whether they are sovereign states. As pointed out by Simon Shen, these places are in free association with the realm of New Zealand and their inhabitants are also New Zealand nationals. Indeed, this kind of scenario must have been within the contemplation of the original drafters of the membership requirements, while UN members, who are sovereign states, can join the UHO by unilateral formal notification to the Secretary-General that they accept the WHO constitution. A non-member may be admitted if its application is approved by a simple majority vote of the World Health Assembly. Second, other than full membership, there are other ways to be associated with WHO, such as associate membership and observer status, which Taiwan had held during the Ma Ying-jeou presidency. The RTHK reporter must have known about China's being adamantly against granting Taiwan full WHO membership status, but she could not have been so sure about associate membership and still less so about observer status. A question about possible Taiwan membership was thus really just an attempt to start the ball rolling, quite possibly using the word membership in a general sense to denote all kinds of association with the WHO and leaving the different thresholds for entrance into the WHO to be explained by her interviewee. Third, the behaviour of Bruce Aylward in the interview cannot be described as anything other than shocking and distasteful. There are very many ways he could have answered with grace and dignity and without giving any concrete answer. Feigning sudden hearing problems, which is followed by abruptly putting down the phone, is awkward, immature, clumsy and ultimately unnecessary. That comes from Bowen. Uh, Dr Ding, good morning to you. Hello. Hi. Hi, thank you very much indeed for for joining us once again. Um, uh, I, I'm sure you've you've seen in, in the media a lot of kind of a comparisons of, of different places around the world in a kind of thumbnail sketch, where you get a little graph of uh, infections yeah. and you get a sort of up and down. Um, the US and the UK and a handful of other countries seem to have a kind of very different pattern. They've got a the, the infection rate goes up. Uh, and then it kind of stays up, it just sort of plateaus. Um, yeah, is yeah, is that relevant? Is that significant? And why is that happening in the U.S.? Yeah, U.S. has not been able to um, crush the curve like many other uh, countries have. Many other countries have successfully um, have basically you know, have a shape of a dunce cap, which um, basically uh, much of the cases have been reduced down to a very low level. But the U.S. has not. And if, if actually, if you split out the U.S. to subtract New York and neighboring New Jersey, the rest of the country is actually going up very, very quickly. And it's the whole range from lack of testing to very inadequate distancing and many states with no distancing and lockdowns whatsoever anymore. And so it's, it's very, very frustrating um, here in the U.S. Um, what's happening in the White House uh, with um, a spokesman of um, the vice president, you know, being infected? Um, uh, are you worried that uh, there are, you know, there are more infections uh, from the White House? Yeah, um, because the test that they use is the it's one of the Abbott's uh, rapid tests, the five-minute test called IV now. But the problem with that test is it notoriously has a very high false negative which if you had to choose between false negative or false positive, false negative is way more dangerous. And, uh, and you know, 11 Secret Service agents are positive. At least three or four staffers are positive. And, um, and, and, and you know, one of the generals that uh, was visiting Trump and having a meeting was caught with it just five minutes before the meeting by the testing machine, which is, again, very imperfect. So right now, 
Finally, they put in the rule that everyone must wear masks. Finally, previously, nobody in the White House wore masks. And if anything, they told in meetings that if you're going to meet with the president or vice president, to take off any masks. So now they're finally realizing that, you know, it's actually in the White House and they need to get serious, which is very, very little and too little too late in my opinion. What's the U.S. doing wrong? Why uh, don't you get that dunce cap? pattern in the u.s and some other countries yeah it's it's it's, just, it's a lack of will in certain ways you know the u.s has had a series of anti-lockdown protests uh trump is, if anything himself has been flaming the liberate minnesota the liberate virginia the liberate michigan and all these wisconsin states he's actually fanning the flames of right-wing media trying to fight against these lockdowns and naturally people don't fully comply and many republican governors with our allies with trump are reopening very quickly reopening businesses and even republican legislatures have overruled democratic um, governors who've tried the lockdown so altogether it's, the lockdowns have been very very imperfect and even then you have half a page of lockdown rules and three pages of exemptions. So in the U.S., you think of it as a big ship. Even if you plug 20 or 40 holes in a ship that's leaking, but there's still holes left that are leaking, this ship will continue to sink because the U.S. is a very porous country in terms of between states. So this is why the U.S. has not been able to have a sufficiently good lockdown like many Asian countries have. So uh, the lack of a central control, you mean? Yeah, lack of central control, lack lack of coordination. The White House is completely uh, disorganized. It doesn't they're not invoke Defense Production Act for um, for you know PPEs. And if anything, it's it's FEMA, it's Federal Emergency Management, is confiscating masks now uh, from different states. So. Every governor basically has to have their own smuggling operation to uh, smuggle masks and to test from China, which is in, in terribly, terribly, this leads to mass chaos, and, and this is what leads to where we are now today. Um, there, there are several states who, who have been doing well. I suppose California is doing better than New York. Um, you know, what are the reasons and uh, what can we learn from them? Yeah, well, I think New York is a combination of uh, population density and the, it, the fact that it's a nexus for international travel. Um, and California is as well, but it's California did react much sooner and, than New York. New York did not close its schools for quite a while. New York was actually one of the last to close its schools compared to other states. And we know that closing schools are one of the most effective shutdowns um, in, in terms of distancing. Um, there's there's a wide variety of other reasons. Uh, in, in certain ways, New York is, is uh, thankfully on the way down, um, but it's really hard to compare individual states. But I would say that the states that are doing the worst right now are the heartland states. In those states, I think it's they finally the epidemic has finally gotten to them and. Those states have actually, up until now, have the least amount of testing, while California had way more testing than, than them. And again, the magical formula, in absence of of, um, of a 
vaccine is testing contact tracing and quarantine. And if you don't have enough contact tracing uh, and testing, then that's what gets you into trouble because you do not know what the true epidemic is. Okay, it's also kind of interesting and relevant to, to point out um, on your, your Twitter feed, which is always uh, interesting, uh, it's uh, Eric, Eric Ding. If you just Google Eric Ding Twitter, you'll, you'll, you'll find it. Um, uh, passing on a story from the New York Times, uh, pointing out that the vice president, I didn't, wasn't aware of this, the vice president of Taiwan uh, has a PhD in epidemiology. And maybe that's got something to do with the way that uh, Taiwan has, has managed yeah. the epidemic. Taiwan has responded very aggressively, and they were actually one of the earliest to warn of human-to-human transmission. But obviously, the mainland has been uh, mainland China has been throwing a little mud against them um, and trying to play wedge. I think politics aside, I think you know he did as an as a you know epidemiologist uh, push and a former health minister push forward with aggressive action early. And it's always the problem being heard because, you know, every, every disaster movie usually ends, uh, starts with a, you know, a scientist saying this is going to be terrible and then always getting ignored. But the difference is if you are a scientist who is at the top of government, you do have a direct voice and direct power that you can actually, you know, force political action that may or may not at the time seem really, really draconian. But in hindsight, was the perfect move. Okay, well, so this is why I feel like scientists should be in, in leadership, because you can react faster to these, these pandemics. Well, Eric Ding, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us this morning. Uh, Dr. Ding there, uh, an epidemiologist, health economist and nutrition scientist. Um, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Uh, uh, so the, the Twitter feed is uh, always interesting. That's, uh, if you Google uh, Eric Ding uh, Twitter, you can uh, find that there. Uh, uh, some comment from listeners to uh, finish off. Uh, Jim says, of course, there is universal support for proper journalists and objective journalism. The point of issue is the registration of journalists. Teachers, doctors, lawyers, real estate agents, physiotherapists require qualifications and registrations why not journalists what makes them so unique uh and uh, uh chris the who chris young that we were talking to in the first part of the program just wanted to come back on a couple of points raised by listeners i think uh, in particular uh saying uh to say that a reporter tried to snatch guns is a very serious accusation you would need proof of that and uh, to say that chaos emerged because there are too many journalists is unfair and misleading banning journalists causes more problems and uh, one more comment from uh, Andrew F., uh, who says, Hong Kong now sports more yellow vests than the Tour de France has throughout its 115-year history. And with more than our fair share of Lance Armstrongs, it would appear, since how many in the now ubiquitous huge scrum of selfie stick carrying kids are actually genuine journalists? Being willing to spend your whole day shadowing your mates in a Yunlong shopping centre doesn't make you Christiana Amanpour, nor does being the proud owner of a Samsung Galaxy Note 10 and being able to point it in the general direction of the police. It's clear after a year that now that a sizable chunk of these people, perhaps even the majority, are not there to actually objectively report on anything and are simply another arm of the movement. And I would say an extremely effective one, in fairness, since it can get themselves pepper sprayed or arrested after endlessly goading the police, then so much the better. You can then cry
cry about attacks on journalistic freedom, which is something genuine local and international media are understandably and rightly very concerned with and will pick up and run that story. That's from uh, Andrew F. Thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you to all the comments today. Ada, many thanks to you. That's it for the programme today. Back at 8.30 tomorrow. The weather, many cloudy with uh, occasional showers and uh, squally thunderstorms. The showers gradually easing off later in the afternoon. The outlook, a few showers tomorrow. Hot in the following couple of days. 27 degrees now. Relative humidity is at 83%. Violence won't solve a problem. It can be seen that shops were damaged and on fire. Violence won't change us for the better. Please think deeply. Violence only fosters hate and damage, but nothing else. Stop violence. Think rationally. Rebuild Hong Kong for the next generation. Nine thirty-three. the news now with Samantha Butler. President Trump has denied the system broke down at the White House after a member of his own deputy's staff tested positive for the coronavirus. He was speaking as the latest figures from Johns Hopkins University showed the number of U.S. deaths had passed 80,000. The World Health Organization has urged countries to proceed with caution after an increase in the number of new cases in nations that have relaxed their coronavirus restrictions. Its director warned authorities needed to be able to respond quickly if the situation changed. And President Putin says Russia must get back to work despite the number of coronavirus infections there continuing to rise. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. 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 How are you? Not too bad at all. Good morning. Even the upspot is. Hello. You never Facebook chat with me? Good morning. He's got the Tom and Jerry type violence. It's a great experience if you just want to get a bit of zing. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning. And welcome to Tuesday. Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. A few people for you to meet today. Well, usually, when an explorer gets stranded, it's on some distant island, maybe miles off Fiji or something that nobody's ever heard of. In the case of extreme adventurer Torbjorn Peterson, whose blog is called Once Upon a Saga, it's Hong Kong. Now, we did chat two months ago. Everything was looking sweet for him then. We found out he's officially one of the most travelled people in the world. But he got stuck here for very obvious reasons not in an island of Fiji. So he hasn't wasted this hiatus at all, as we're going to hear at 10.10. Join us on Skype and Facebook Live. After 10.30, our boy from Down Under will be back. Join Jared Watt as usual for more Aussie news and music. After 10, it's Dr. Marion Pierce's turn, wherever he may be. And we're also going to be joined by a special guest from Kiwi as well. 